Well. Oh man, time to stump father. Yes, you go right ahead and try. I'm very willing. All right, okay, he's willing, guys. All right. Well, it's time for our straight talk segment. It's you can call in and give your question. <laughs> Eli's picking on me in my head saying, hey, are you going to get the number right? I'm looking right at it, Eli. 877-795-0122. That's the number to call. Call in and you can uh, give your question to the receptionist and Father will answer it that way. Or you can be on air and ask Father yourself, which is also really good because then you can have a conversation with Father if you have more clarification that's needed. That would be great. And also you can do this through Facebook if yep. you like. That's another way that you can do it. And uh, and there's um, any number of topics that I think uh, crowd into our hearts and our minds every day. Um, things that we hear, things that we wonder, things that we question, um, confusions, hurts, problems, pains, joys and hopes. There can be all kinds of things. And this can be an opportunity for you to call in and say, you know, I just want to um, express my opinion, my thought about um, those kinds of things. Uh, maybe we have some people, some women who have been, uh, who are spiritual mothers who have listened to the first part of the segment who would like to call in and share with us some of the experiences they've had. That would be great. Um, so it's, it's an opportunity for you, all of you, to just um, be a part of this in, in a more immediate and direct way um, to, to open up yourself to questions, concerns, or opinions, whatever it is, and see where it takes us today. So it's, it's a great opportunity. Again, 877-795-0122 is the number to call, 877-795-0122. Um, we're looking forward to hearing from you, so give us a call. Text us on, or uh, send a, a, a note in or um, something on Facebook, however all that stuff works. And uh, just let us know what's in your mind and in your heart. So I, I, I have a, I want to start just, you know, to begin with. So um, um, did you uh, uh, happen to uh, go to Mass today yet or look at the readings for today? I have not. I woke up and remembered I had to be on the air, and that was enough stress. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it was interesting because the reading today is this funny, I, I say funny little gospel passage from Luke's gospel about uh, King Herod and Jesus. It's very short, and um, it begins with something like Jesus, with Herod saying that, you know, Herod, or the gospel saying Herod was curious about Jesus because some was saying he was this, he was that. And it's, and it's very interesting. It ends by saying, Herod said, John I beheaded, who is this Jesus about whom they're talking? And so it's just this funny little passage, and then it ends there. You, you think they go on to something else. Um, and it's like, what's that all about, you know? And what it reminded me of was um, a, a real flash to, to the past. Um, the the uh, rock opera, they called it, back when I was in actually in high school. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Okay. And um, That's old. That's very old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, the, and the, the song that King Herod sings, uh, and, which really captures this curiosity that... Herod has about Jesus, and in the in the in the in the song, there's a confrontation between Herod and Jesus, and he's sort of baiting him and goading him, and it's actually it's it's a it's a funny um, kind of crazy song in in that particular rock opera. But you know, it's interesting as I, I reflected on that, thought about that, you know, kind of a flashback to the to my high school days. But I thought to myself, how often do we, you and I, become curious about Jesus? 
even if we, we even if we would say we have a relationship with him and we know him, we come become curious about how he's working, how he's moving, what he's doing in our lives, and we never get beyond the curiosity because that's what, how the gospel ends. It's like here it is. Oh, this this Jesus is really interesting, and it kind of like it just stops. And I thought to myself. That's such a danger, and, and can be such. You know, we can we can convince ourselves that somehow we're faithful, and we're living our faith, or we're practicing it, and all we're really doing is simply being curious, and we never take the curiosity to the next step of exploring and understanding uh, who Jesus is in our life. And so, so I just found it a very interesting little little moment um, um, in my reflection this morning. At, at, I had mass this morning with, with another priest. Um, he was visiting me, and we were, and um, that was the thought that I had. So, um, this is an opportunity uh, in co- terms of straight talk for you to get beyond the curiosity, um, to get beyond the questions you you might have, and say, "I really want to ask this question. I want to take the next step. I want to move beyond um, that that initial curiosity um, uh, to to really do some serious exploration and discovery." Um, of who Jesus is in my life. Again, 877-795-0122 is the number. We have lots of people out there that I know have questions. And um, and curiosity that yeah. you can put an end to. Well, you would know the answer, right? At, at least you can take the next step. You might, I might not be able to answer the curiosity, but at least I can, they can open up the door and invite a deeper reflection, something more than maybe where they're at right now. Well, or, or we could just be like, okay, Father's going to, this is your homework for next month. You get to research this topic, and then you need to give us a, an answer on the next straight talk we're on. <laughs> that would be a possibility, too. So we don't want to scare people away, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that the questions are not that deep that you need to do research yeah, yeah you could we can answer well, I don't know if they are it's like I said it's just it's a great opportunity for us to um, uh, for us to, to grow and, and develop our faith so again um, 877-795-0122 is the number to call to ask us um, anything you'd like anything about our faith um, and how it, inter- it uh, relates to or interacts with who we are and what we do in our everyday life so um, let's uh, get those calls coming in so well, we have um, a, a uh, question from a young person listening. Why do Roman Catholics make the sign of the cross from the left to right, while Eastern Catholics go right to left? There's a hesitant there. Is this a stump the priest? This is a stump the priest. Um, oh, your first research question. All right, I'm going to make note of this. <laughs> <laughs> is he on the air? No, he is not. Oh, okay. Um, so... You know, whoever this young man is, I really appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I, I haven't even thought about that. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I have to stop and think. Because we live in a part of the world where the Eastern Rite churches are not dominant, um, I've never, ever paid a lot of attention to the... I know that the Eastern Rite make, make the sign of the cross differently in the sense that the cross piece is is angled. Is opposed, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's angled. Um, and, and I know that's in reference to the way an Eastern cross looks, because an Eastern cross not only yeah. has the, the two cross pieces, but there's a, there's a, a second crossbar that is angled. Um, but, you know, I have to plead ignorance. I don't know okay. why that would be, um, why that is made. Maybe this person who's listening knows that answer and could share that with us. Um, or, as you said, it could get on Facebook or, <laughs> excuse me, get on, on the Internet and, and, and look for that. So. You know, I, I do want to say just something about it. It's interesting, you know, um, as a kid growing up, 
we were taught to make the sign of the cross with our right hand, um, and and so you would you would go from your head to your to your chest or the, your midway down your abdomen, and then you go over to your left shoulder and to your right shoulder. Um, and I do see people making it with their left hand, and I've had people occasionally go like, oh, you know, that's not right. And I'm thinking, no, I don't really don't think that makes a lot of difference. You know, especially if someone is naturally left-handed. And, and they would start with their left hand just because it's natural. I think the important thing about the sign of the cross is to remind ourselves of why we're doing it so it doesn't become some sort of a flippant or casual gesture, but rather we're really acknowledging that it is by the cross of Jesus Christ that we are saved, and through our baptism and being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, we were marked with, we, we right. if you will, we took on that cross of Christ in our own life. Right. And I think that's important. So, you know, um, for those of us who are from the Roman right, whether you do it with your right hand or your left hand, I don't think is real critical, um, as long as we make sure that we're... Doing it the right... We're doing it with the right intention. And, and, you well, know. And, and that's good to know, because I have two kids at the beginning of the family and two kids at the end of the family that are left-handed. Ah. And I've had to basically make the eastern right cross to teach them how to make the sign of the cross because you know when they're looking at me and it's backwards to them and then i'm having to say you know then i've got the wrong hand going because i'm trying to teach them how to use the right hand yeah and it's it's a oh my goodness yeah i think i think it's okay i think i think important you know one of the things that's important is you know we have to look at what's in our heart you know and are there right and wrong ways to do things absolutely there are right and wrong ways to do things but um there's so many things that we do that I think, well, there's options and there's possibilities here. And as long as we end up in the same place, um, it's perfectly okay, you know, as long as we have the proper understanding of what it is that we're doing. So, and again, this is an opportunity for you to call in. Um, um, Maybe you, you know the answer. Yeah, that's a good idea. You might know the answer to that. And you might also be able to stump me again. And I have no problem being stumped. Um, because I don't know everything um, by any stretch of the imagination. But if you have a question or a concern, please call in and let us know. 877-795-0122. So I have to tell you, last night I was um, putting the little girls to bed, mm-hmm. and um, the twins just turned six on Monday. And so a six-year-old is like the most brilliant person in the whole world, according to a six-year-old. Yeah. And she, one of the twins tells me, Mommy, I can't be a saint. And I'm like, wait, whoa, wait, go back. What do you mean you can't be a saint? And she said, because, Mommy, there's already a Saint Chiara, so I can't go to heaven and be a Saint Chiara. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I could see where that would be, you know, a problem in her little six-year-old head that yes. she can't be a saint because there's already a Saint Chiara, and how would they know? Yeah. And so we went into this really beautiful conversation about how God knows us each individually, even if we share the same name with someone else. and. And how she can still be a St. Chiara. She would just be a St. Chiara with this parts of her, you know, with her middle name, with her last name, with her confirmation name, with her whatever name attached to her Chiara. And did she buy that? She just kind of looked at me like, I just, no, I don't think so, Mom. I just can't <laughs> be a saint because there's already a St. Chiara. So I, I just thought it was so cute to, yeah. to see into the eyes of, you know, through the eyes of a child how... Well, there, there's that name already in heaven. Yeah, why can't that be on? <laughs> it was fun. It it's was a fun conversation. It's like the cute little story about a little girl who was going to first commu- first uh, reconciliation. And, um, you know, the kids were all doing this together. And, and the parents were waiting. And, and pretty soon all the kids came out and went home. And, and the mother went in and her daughter was sitting in the pew and she was crying. And the mother said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, for my penance, father told me to say three Hail Marys and I only know one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Same kind of thing. Kind of a, a cute little uh, 
um, little stories about the little minds. So it is, um, and you know they see things, they see truth so much easier than we do. Yes, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Yeah, I agree, and uh, it's 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 a beautiful example of how little kids, even in their little minds, are pushing beyond that curiosity. Yeah. And they're looking for answers that 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 are, they think are important for us. So, so, well, if you are looking for an answer to a question that is important to you, call in eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. And we have a question. Are you ready, Father? I'm ready. It's my son again. He likes to try to stump you. Hopefully, this time he won't. So, Blaze would like to know where is the battle in heaven between the angels and the devil found? Like, how do we? I'm assuming he means like, how do we know? Where in the Bible is it found? Is that what she's referring to? Maybe in Bible, in tra- in sacred tradition. Okay. You know, or I mean, I, I don't know. I could, could be that. Um, you know, the, the Book of Revelation speaks about the um, the struggle between um, the, the good angels and the bad angels, and. Um, and, and that's kind of one of the, the key like passages from which we understand that there was this battle that existed um, between some of the angels in heaven about those who refused to accept God's plan and, and those who did. And so I would say that the, in terms of where um, in the Bible it is in the book of Revelation, where it happened, where the battle happened, obviously from that same passage it happened in heaven. Now, if you want to have a long discussion about where heaven is, that's a whole different. That's topic. a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic. But I mean, it's it is a it is a. Um, <laughs> that's what our and, and our tradition, you know, tells us that too. The story in Revelation says that um, that the uh, the uh, devil or the serpent swept a third of the angel, a third of the stars from the sky and hurled them down below. And so we've always had the, the tradition of the church has been that a third of the angels rebelled against God. Oh wow! And uh, and and therefore ended up um, being uh, damned or condemned for all eternity. So, from my understanding, the angels were given. Um, choice to to serve god or to you know and then the the demon the devils chose not to, to you know to obey god anymore is it at that point that god created hell when there was a place then needed for them to go um i would i would um i don't how do you answer that i don't i don't we don't know we don't okay. know that because you know what hell is about at least is my understanding and I think the church's understanding is um, hell exists because God gave us free will. He obviously gave angels free will right. at all too. So I would think that in terms of the creation of the world as God unfolded the whole plan of creation, hell would have had to be there okay. as a, a reality and a po- you know a possibility because at the same you know because God was also creating creatures that had the freedom to reject okay. or to yeah, accept. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I would say that it's that it's all part of the the plan that was un- unfolded. Um, you know and, and it's but it, it's, it gets a little dicey when you say, well, did God create hell? Well, you know, that would be sort of like saying God created evil. Right. God created us free to choose to choose and because that freedom is real the natural outgrowth of that is there has to be some sort of existence, and we don't even know if it's a place, but some sort of existence where we are separated from God by our own choice. And and, and therefore, we would believe that that's, um, um, that's where hell came, came into existence. So it's also important to realize, you mentioned earlier, you know, the angels, 
you know, what is the rebellion of the angels is they, they're, as we understand it, is they're, they chose to not accept God's plan for salvation, which was to become one with human beings. And the angels, at least the, the angels that rejected that, rejected the notion that somehow that God would lower himself to become one of oh, his creation. Yeah, right. Thus the expression, um, I, I love this, I love this tell story because it's, it's part of it's because it's my name. You know, Michael means who is like God, which is, was the response of the archangel Michael when the devil said, you know, God can't do this. God shouldn't do this. This is, you know, and Michael said, who is like God? I mean, how, how can you, a creature of God, tell him. choose to, to tell God how he should or shouldn't <laughs> right. do things? Here, you can't tell your creator what he should yeah. do, right? Who is like God? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. That's, so, a, that's very interesting. Thank you for clarifying some yeah. of those things. That's a good question. A very good question. Thanks, Blaze. Okay. We have a question from a caller. Um, it is Barry from Sydney, Montana. So it says, in the prayer, the glory be, it ends with the words, world without end. What does that mean? I thought the world would end. Um, I get a glory be to the Father as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world, world without end. Amen. Um, you know, I would understand that to mean not necessarily the physical created world, <clears throat> but that that the glory that um, glory to God, uh, that glory um, t- t- that we express or we give to God as His creatures, would be um, everywhere all the time for all eternity. Um, and so the expression, the way I would understand that, what, what does that mean? Is is like it's that we're wanting the glory, all glory and honor to be given to God forever, always, in all places, with all people. Um, more than a, a, a description of the created of a physical order, world. or a description of the created order. That's what I would understand. At least that's all the way I've always prayed it. You know, I've never thought that the glory would be given to God as long as the world would exist, or that we hope the world continues to exist forever, so that we can give honor and glory to God. Because they're not, they don't go hand. You don't need the world to give glory to God. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's why I would understand. That's good. Those are that's great questions. See, again, I, I love that it's, it's people who are saying, "Hmm, this is interesting." Yeah. And I've always wondered about this, and I want to get beyond the. Oh, this is interesting. This is yeah. Take I, it to the next level. And, take it to the next level. So yeah. And and you know, as we did with that first question, I think any time a question comes up that that I can't answer that, you know, there isn't an answer for, or if I answer a question, I don't know if that's true. I would really encourage people to just dig in and and do some research on their own because in doing that, they're going to grow in their own faith and they might become a a source of of growth for someone else. So certainly appreciate those questions and encourage encourage people to continue to call in. 877-795-0122 is the number for you to call and, uh, and to ask any kind of question you'd like about our Catholic faith. Yeah, you can also get on Facebook and look up um, the Real Presence Radio Network's Facebook page, and you can find a picture of, I think, Father. Most likely they have a picture of you up saying, you know, what's your question for Father Malloy on Straight Talk? that magnificently beautiful picture, right? Yes. So if anybody is curious what Father Malloy looks like... Yeah, he has, you know, if you're curious, just get on Facebook, look at his picture, and leave a question to stump Father Malloy. Yeah. It's a, you know, I think it's great that they give us this opportunity of multiple ways to get in contact with Real Presence Radio, to, you know, that not just call in. Yeah, 
No, I, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about in our diocese, because we, 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 we initiated a year of the Eucharist um, right before our, our former bishop left us, and it was really an opportunity for us to, um, to deepen our encounter with the Lord in mm-hmm. terms of, of uh, the, the celebration of Mass, our understanding of Mass. And, um, you know, a topic that, of course, is at the heart and soul of that is um, the real presence of Jesus in the celebration of the Eucharist. Um, and, um, you know, it's, I'd be interested if there's anybody out there listening that's, that would, could share some insights or some ideas about what they think um, or how that real presence of Jesus impacts them. Um, in their life in the celebration of the Eucharist um, might be a good interesting topic to open up a door for for us to uh, um, really come to appreciate. Uh, Karen, let's start by saying how about for you? Um, <clears throat> um, when you think about the, the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, how does that touch or impact your life? Well, I end up feeling like, you know, I always feel more connected with someone. Yeah, I have friends that are just on Facebook. I have friends that are just, you know, that I just send emails to or whatever. But the person that I'm connected with the most are the people that I see and interact with on a on a regular daily basis. And I love the fact that if our Lord is truly present in the Eucharist, He's there with me, interacting with me, touching me, having a real relationship with me. And I need that to mm-hmm. get through my day. I mean, I try to get my kids to daily Mass a couple times a week, and I know that our family life is so much more peaceful, so much more what God wants the domestic church to look like. To look like, yeah, when you have that encounter. And it's interesting because I, I would say the same thing in terms of, you know, I, I look back at my life, and I am one of those strange people. <laughs> strange? Who, well, we all know that, Father. Yes, but the strange people who never, I never went through a period of time in my life where I didn't go to church. Um, and a part of it was because I ended up in the seminary as a very young man. But um, I often sit back and I think, you know, this encounter with Jesus, which I have every day, maybe on a daily basis I'm not as conscious of it or I'm not aware of it. <clears throat> but I look back on my life. I look back over the 60-plus years I've been alive, and I'm thinking, what would life have been like if I hadn't encountered Christ right. in that very special way? And... Um, I, I believe with all my heart it would be I would, it would be vastly different, you know, um, that 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 encounter transforms and shapes us bit by bit, moment by moment. In much the same way, you talked about how you know when you have a friend that you see on a regular basis, your own husband, your own children, how those interactions, those very real encounters, shape and and change us over periods of time, and in some ways, in ways that's not immediately perceptible. But yeah. over the period of time, you you suddenly you suddenly realize, I really do love this person, right? Or, the, or I'm deeply grateful for what this person has done done in my life. I say, I was just going to say, or how that person loves me. Yes, you know, and I, that that's important when you're well, trying to have a relationship with our Lord. Yep, you feel His love back. And yes, it's easier to do that when you visit Him in the Eucharist and when you have that encounter. So yep. you know, I think that's a very important thing. So. We're in the middle of straight talk here. We're getting close to the end of it, and we've had a couple of really great questions. We'd take a couple more if you have a question that is there. 877-795-0122. I'd love to hear from you to share your thoughts, your feelings, or have a question that you'd like to uh, uh, put forth. Um, I got stumped in the first <laughs> part of the hour, half hour, which was great. I didn't mind that at all. Okay, um, and, and just for 
you know, transparency purposes, it was one of my kids who posted that question. Did they? I don't know which one. It was either my husband or my kids. So, I mean, you can... Next time you come to supper for pheasant at our house. <laughs> I could maybe ask a few questions and see if they would stump them. I Please. I'm all about stumping my children with questions. That's a good idea. I'll have to keep that in mind. So, anyway. You have full permission. Full permission. Full to permission to, <laughs> to come with some really, really good questions for them. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. So, um, <laughs> You anyway. think you know that answer? Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. And probably got to find out as they do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So... Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is uh, the number to call if you have a question you would like to uh, answer. You know, we were talking about just a minute ago, uh, Karen, about how this encounter with Christ in the Eucharist changes us. Uh, you know, another side of that, and we've been t- talked about this earlier um, with when we visited with Father Mark about spiritual motherhood, about the importance of prayer, and h- again how prayer can change and transform us um, in terms of of making a difference in our life, you know. I often say to people in my own um, spiritual life, and, and if I'm doing spiritual direction, I'll say to people, you know, the 90% of the spiritual life is about showing up. It, Interesting. It's about showing up. It's about being there and taking the time. And I liken that again to marriage relationships or family, you know, good friendships. You know, if I don't spend time with someone you know, that that I deem to be a friend, then that relationship wanes. I mean, it, right. it, it diminishes. And so a lot, and, and it may not be that every time I see that person is a necessarily a wonderful encounter or really beautiful, but the fact that I take the time and make the effort is what makes that relationship alive, first of all, f- foundationally. Then things can grow from it. And so I say to people, prayer is first and foremost about showing up. You take the time, you sit down, you make the effort, and you don't look at it first and say, well, this wasn't meaningful, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. Because the very fact that I took the time and I made the effort is important and, and brings about graces and blessings in our life because we're opening ourselves up to the presence of God and allowing Him to touch our lives. So I think it's very, very important for us to be mindful of that when we talk about prayer or a relationship right. with God. So. Yeah, it's exactly how... It's not really complicated when no. at the beginning. No. It's it, just be there. It isn't. You'd be there. You show up and say, I'm here. How are you? Yeah. And then try really hard to listen. Oh, and it's so hard in today's world to listen because Absolutely. it's so noisy. Yeah. So. Well, it looks like we have a caller on the phone. It's Kevin, who is driving on I-90 in South Dakota. Are you there, Kevin? Hi, I am. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm well, and you? Good. So what's your question for us? Well, I, I uh, I've read a, a deal about, I've had some friends die of cancer, so I started to read about dying and uh, ran across some, some well-written books about near-death experiences where people will die temporarily, and they have an encounter with God, um, and they come back a completely changed person. And I just was curious of your thoughts on that. Um, appreciate that question. Uh, it's a question I've often wondered myself. Um, you know, I, I uh, what I would say is that those those things that I've read and understood are too real to be dismissed as being some kind of hallucination or some kind of um, experience. You know, and I think the idea that they say near death is probably a proper way to say that because um, you know they've obviously come close to the 
that separation between this world and the next, but what they experience, what they see, what they encounter, um, almost always what I've read is, is very positive, it's very peaceful, and it, it invites them, you know, and they desire more. They desire to, to um, continue to, on that journey, and, the, and a lot of times the fear goes away because they know what they're waiting for. So I think they're real. I think they're very, they're, they're, they're important, and they're a gift, they're a blessing. Yeah. When someone has that encounter, that experience. And I, I have to say, I had a near-death experience when I gave birth to the twins. And there was a moment right before they put me under to put me into surgery to save my life that I had felt a great peace. I have not felt that peace since then. I have tried. I've sat quietly. I've tried to, okay, God, give me back that peace again. And I couldn't, I have not been given that peace yeah. again. But I was completely ready to meet my Lord at that point. It was phenomenal. And it did change me yep. for the better. Um, so, Kevin, that's a, just a quick response. We, we've got to wrap up our, our straight talk segment. But um, absolutely, those things are real. And I'm glad you called in. It's a nice way that's to end great. this, this yep, segment. Positive, happy. Knowing, knowing the gifts and graces that God gives to us. So we're going to take a exactly. short Thank break Thank you very here. much. Oh, you bet, Kevin. Take care. We're going to take a short break here. Um, when we come back, um, oh, we want to remind you that Real, uh, Straight Talk is available every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 9.30 Central Time, 8.30 Mountain Time. And um, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Kimberly Freeze. Um, she has a gift for us, and she's going to talk to us about, about um, sharing her faith and how that led her to be a writer. So we look forward to that time together when we return to Real Presence Radio. <laughs> 